10 games over 500. Your Miami Marlins are 10 games over 500. Now is the time. Pre-All-Star break, can the Marlins continue their run ahead of the All-Star game? 20 games on deck here for the Fish. Much tougher looking schedule. Can these Miami Marlins prove it? That they are for real. Tons to get into. All on today's show. You are Locked On Marlins, your daily podcast on the Miami Marlins, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Greetings from England and welcome to Locked On Marlins. This, of course, is your daily Marlins podcast. I'm your host, Peter Pratt. Hit me up on Twitter, of course, guys, at MiamiMarlins underscore UK. If you are listening to the pod, firstly, hello, welcome. It's Monday. Hope everyone is doing well and happy Monday. Hit subscribe, leave a review wherever you are. Of course, this is your team every day. And thanks for making Locked on Marlins your first listen of the day. For those that are new here, and listen, a lot of people are talking about the Marlins now, which is great. A lot of national coverage, which is great. Power rankings updated. A lot of eyeballs on the Marlins. For those thinking, hold on a minute. Is there an English guy covering the Marlins for Locked On Marlins? Yes. Yes, that is true. That is correct. I've been a fan since 2016, covering the team since then. Podcasting my own pod back in the day. Four UK guys on Fish Across the Pond. I've been uh, covering the Marlins for Locked On for the past 18 months. And what a ride it has been. What a ride it has been. Yes, there is a YouTube channel as well, on though, guys. So head on over there. Hit subscribe on YouTube, too. Also, we're over 700 subs. We're targeting 1,000 subs. Can we get there before the All-Star break? I ask of you, every single one of you that are listening, head on over to YouTube and hit subscribe to that channel. Um, you will see the graphics. You will see the audio version. You will see me battling with the sun-setting sun here in the UK now as we approach 8 p.m. UK time. Guys... Tons to get into on today's episode. I covered a ton over the weekend. Two emergency pots, well, a bonus pot and then an emergency pot. So you had two bonus weekenders. Here we are on a Monday. Some people are now asking the question, is it only you, Pete? Where's Sean the goat? The UK goat, Sean Barrett, where is he? He's away at the moment. He'll be back later in the week, though. Don't you worry. Sean Barrett likely dropping on probably on Thursday. (coughs) But... As I teased out at the top of the show, the main talking point right now is your Miami Marlins are 10 games over 500. It's insane. It's an insane run. It's getting national coverage, and they've done it by going at the end of their three-city road trip in what was a pretty brutal uh, geographical and time zone-related city trip for them into Chicago, over to Seattle, back all the way across to Washington. Washington, they go into Washington and they sweep the Nats, back-to-back sweeps against the Nats. They are 6-0 and against the Nats this year. And for me, and I don't care what people say around, oh, well, you know, it's the, you know, you should be beating those guys and, you know, prove it that you can beat some good teams. Doesn't matter. Sweeping ain't easy, guys. And the Marlins, uh, they just have the Nats number. And they played solid ball. They played solid ball all weekend. A few of those games were a little bit... Uh, they lacked a touch of juice, I would say. And I'm, but overall, I must say the Nats lineup is is perfectly capable. I looked at the you know the lineup card yesterday heading into the game, and everyone seemed to be hitting about 280, 270. 
up and down, one to nine. Like they've they don't have a ton of power, clearly. Um, but they do have plenty of contact guys in there. And so the Nats offense and offensively, they're not a bad unit, actually. And so we, and we did see some of that over this weekend series. But in the end, the Marlins prevail. And really, the the, the eyeballs yesterday, big, big eyeballs, <coughs> Jacob Amaya. Major league debut for Jacob Amaya. Lewis arrives with the day off, um, which was probably needed. But Jacob Amaya making his debut Playing at shortstop, starting at shortstop. We had some clarity via Jordan McPherson after the emergency pod. I hit the, I hit the pod as soon as the news dropped. I didn't quite know, you know, we didn't know how serious things were with Gene Segura, what role Amaya could be playing. We didn't quite know how serious things are with Edward Cabrera. We didn't know who would be starting on Monday. We now know that, so we'll talk about that a little bit later in the show. Um, but Skip Schumacher, like, adding some clarity in terms of the role that we we will expect to see with Jacob Amaya. And it's effectively a part-time role. He will likely be starting against lefties. He started yesterday against a lefty. Um, and the majority of reps at third base will be um, divvied up, I guess, between Garrett Hampson and John Birdie. Um, Hampson making his first start for the Marlins over at third base during that weekend series. Um, and so, yeah, Jacob Amaya is not going to be... I wasn't sure if it would be, you know, he'd have a... a a real sizable opportunity. Sounds like he's going to be pretty much a bench player, um, maybe a defensive replacement late in the game, and we'll be starting against some lefties. I think the Marlins will be facing a lefty uh, throughout this Blue Jays series, so we should get another start from him. I think Kikuchi's due to go. So, um, you know, but overall with Amaya, you must say, I mean, what an impressive, impressive start. He kind of, you know, did it all, featured everything in the first couple of innings. You know, he got his first major league hit, first major league RBI, first major league stolen bag. You know, he was doing it all over there. Um, and, you know, it, it, he'll forever be tied now um, with, you know, Miguel Rojas. Obviously, the trade made there, getting a choir, getting a choir, acquiring a Maya. Let's try it. That's probably the better way of saying it. Um, for Miguel Rojas. Rojas heading over to the Dodgers. And the Dodgers, to me, just in general, look a touch exposed this year. Um, the bullpen's in a bit of a mess. Starting pitching's kind of like they're trying to piece that back together. Offense is kind of, you know, not looking amazing either, just dealing with some health issues. To me, the Dodgers look exposed. I do wonder if all of a sudden Miggy goes to uh, L.A. expecting to be in the hunt, you know, going for a ring. Um, and wouldn't it be wild if the Dodgers end up missing the postseason altogether? A lot of baseball to be played, and the Dodgers are the Dodgers. They'll probably find a way. But I'm expecting the Dodgers to try and be pretty busy at this deadline. It felt like they were passive in the offseason, that kind of hurt them. And now they've added in a few few injuries into the mix. It's going to be a really intriguing one where I think the Dodgers, yeah, they need to they need some activity. They need some action. Um, it's going to be a, there's going to be a lot of talk in the next six weeks about the deadline. Um, the funny thing is, is, you know, today on Twitter, we're trying to piece together, you know, what's going to happen at the deadline? How can the Marlins move the needle with fans in the seats? Again, I'm going to talk about that after the ad because it's been a big topic today. We started getting to what players are legitimately available and which players would legitimately move the needle. And I think, you know, rightly so, you know, Craig called out to say the problem you're facing here is like 20 to 25 teams are like still in the mix right now. Like with this expanded postseason, keeping everyone kind of in the hunt longer maybe than, than before and historically, um, let, you know, maybe there's going to be less sellers. You know, more teams just either stand in pat thinking, you know, if we get hot, we can stay in. So I do wonder how this kind of starts to impact the, the deadline. Clearly, I would say the deadline is, you know, more likely 
where you're looking to move like expiring contracts for teams that are maybe kind of out of it. It's what we've seen with the Marlins over the years. And maybe they'll look to pick up a guy or two like that. <coughs> Pardon me. Shohei Otani being the main name uh, that we should obviously be thinking about in, in, in that area. I'm not convinced that he gets moved, uh, you know, during this deadline. I just don't get that feeling. Um, and so I think the Angels probably are looking to try and find a way to extend him, to be honest. He's that good. They should be. Um, but anyway, I've, I've gone off a crazy segue there, talking about Jacob Amaya. Um, overall, impressive start. He's got a positive war already. He's got a one war after, what, you know, seven innings of play? He's flashed it, he's flashed it all early. I'm intrigued to see what he can get, what the Marlins can get out of him. And But it will it will link into Gene Segura. Um, what we heard from Skip Schumacher is that, you know, Gene, and it's not expected to be a real lengthy issue, and it might just be the minimum stint, the 10-day stint for Gene. So, you know, that pretty much means Amaya's, like, with the team maybe through this week, and then maybe Gene's ready to come back and the Marlins go in that path. But, you know, encouraging signs, I think, is the main summary there. Encouraging um, from a Marlins perspective, obviously getting the sweep, but equally, you know, getting Gene in there, um, sorry, getting Jacob Amaya in there, um, which, again, was imp- it was impressive. I must say as well, you know, Nick Fortes, a couple of hits yesterday, three hits as well from Birdie. Um, you know, Yuri, Yuli Guriel as well, a couple of hits. Um, you know, the, the, the guys are being asked to deliver. They're being asked to do more, and they are. And we're seeing that particularly with Fortes. We're seeing it with Birdie now. He's going to have a role there at third base. You know, Birdie, all of a sudden now, he's hitting 268 on the year. So, you know, perhaps he should have been pushing Gene Segura even more closely anyway in terms of that starting third base role. But wait to see. Guys, let's talk about our good friends over at eBay Motors. And then what I wanted to do is to talk about the schedule before the All-Star break. 20 games for the Marlins. And I think it is, and I mean, I've said this so many times, but to be honest with you, this is going to be a huge indicator of what the Marlins are right now, what they can be this year. Because there's 20 games against teams that are all potentially contenders, apart from the Cardinals that should be contending but aren't. So before the All-Star break, this is going to tell us so much about the 2023 Marlins. Before we do that, let's talk about eBay Motors. Um, And for a championship team, which hopefully the Marlins are, it's all about making sure every player is a perfect fit. It's the same when it comes to your vehicle. Every part needs to fit just right. So the next time you need parts and accessories, head to eBay Motors. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, you can be sure every part you need fits right. The first time around, just add your ride to my garage and look for the green check to know that the part will fit. Or your money back. Because just like in sports, confidence is the name of the game. And when you shop on eBay Motors, and with over 122 million parts to choose from, You'll be back in the game in no time. After all, it's easy to bring home a win when the right parts are guaranteed. Get the right parts, the right fit, and the right prices on ebaymotors.com. Let's ride. eBay guaranteed fit only available to U.S. customers. Eligible items only. Exclusions do apply. (coughs) I love the legal bits at the end there. I've always wanted to do those legal reads. (coughs) Apologies again, I'm still <clears throat> struggling with this cough. And trust me, a solo pod with a cough um, is not that easy. It's not that easy, but I am plowing through for you guys. Now the sun's peering over into my eyes as well, for those watching. For those listening, you're probably thinking, what is going on with Pete here? I'd recommend just go and have a, you know, hit subscribe on U- Locked On Marlins on YouTube 
uh, and you will see all of the shenanigans and chaos that I'm dealing with here. Uh, but I'm doing this for you guys. Right then, 20 games, 20 games on deck for the Marlins in advance of the All-Star break. Here's the series. Three against the Blue Jays starting this evening. Brian Hoeing getting the thing rolling. We've then got four against the Pirates. Uh, these are all at home. Then they go on a two-city road trip at the Red Sox, at the Bravos. Then they head all the way back home again. Seven games to finish it off before the All-Star break. Four against the Cardinals, three against the Phillies. 20 games to define the 2023 Marlins season. I think, to be honest with you, as fans right now, we would happily take a 500 stretch right now. We would. Because the Blue Jays are tough. The Pirates, whilst they started hot, have definitely kind of flamed a touch. I think they're dealing with some pitching issues. Um, the Red Sox feels like they have improved as the year's gone on. The Bravos are absolutely scorching right now, but they're, they're due another cold streak. Uh, but they have absolutely leathered the Marlins this year. So anything from that three-game series against the Braves would probably be seen as a positive. Then you've got the scuttling Cardinals coming into play. Um, four games before the All-Star break. And to be honest with you, who knows what St. Louis Cardinals you're going to get, to be honest. Like, it sounds like it's at ground zero at this point with them. Like, it's just disaster situation entirely. Blown games galore. They can't quite get anything going. But baseball's a funny old game. Like, there's a lot of talent in St. Louis. And, you know, at the flick of a switch, next thing is the cards heat up. And that, you know, that's a couple of weeks away. By the time you're playing that series, the Cards could be the hottest team in baseball and, you know, they're making a push again. Who knows? And then the Phillies, who have been one of the hottest teams, um, are making a push right now. They finish it up. So those 20 games, how do you think it goes? Me, personally, this is my prediction. Uh, takes were made asking everyone on Twitter, you know, what do you think they can do? Um, I think it's going to be a tough series against the Blue Jays to start. Obviously, they got Brian Hoeing going this evening. It's not ideal. Effectively, Hoeing's been working out of the pen uh, for the past couple of weeks. So not quite sure if this is a, a full-blown bullpen game, whether this is like, you know, four or five innings, 80 pitches. <coughs> not quite sure what to expect, but I do think it's going to be tough. Blue Jays Twitter feels a bit down on the Blue Jays right now. You know, you, you try to just get the feel of like, how are the Blue Jays going? Feels like the offense has kind of scuttled a bit, but listen, the Blue Jays, are they're a big, big team. And we shouldn't forget, Don Manningly will be back, back in Long Depot. So looking forward to seeing Donnie. Um, I wish, I mean, I should have thought ahead and asked Donnie to come on the pod. That would have been a lot of fun. Um, he probably would have done it too because he's such a stud. Anyway, I think one out of three against the Blue Jays. I think the Marlins kind of struggle in this series. Um, probably Marlins Twitter loses its mind a touch. Then the Pirates come to town. I think the Marlins, this, this is funny, right? Because last year, the Marlins had a seemingly big series was it last year or the year before? When In the last couple of years, the Marlins, it felt like, had season-defining early series against the Pirates. Let's go in and wallop a team that's doing poorly. Um, and they went into, I think, Pittsburgh and, and got swept. And everyone was like, okay, now we know. Pirates are different. The Marlins are different right now. But four games against the Pirates is going to be a really intriguing series. But I think the Marlins get three in that one. So three and one in that series. The Red Sox and Braves, I think they get three from six on the road. I think they get two in Boston, although the, the Marlins never seem to play well in Boston on the road. And then they head to, to obviously, Atlanta as well, and that is going to be another tough one. So I think best case, to be honest with you, is three out of six there on that, 
that road trip. And then the final seven games to finish it off, I think they get four of the seven. Two against the Cards. I think the Cards will find a way to be better. And then the Phils, they hate playing the Marlins. They hate being on the road in Miami, seemingly. And I think the Marlins end up, before the All-Star break, getting a series win against the Phils. That takes them to 52-40 and at the All-Star break. Wouldn't that be absolutely wild? The Marlins would absolutely be buyers heading towards the deadline. They already are right now. The news we're hearing from Kim Ang already is she's working the phones. The problem is, is everyone's trying to buy at this point. Like no one's trying to sell because everyone still kind of feels like they're in it. So Kim's working it. She's trying to cook. It's a touch early to cook. In the meantime, it's about the Marlins continuing to take care of business. Even if it's a five minute stretch, they're still 10 over 500. Even if it's, you know, uh, I don't know what, 8 and 12? Still eight games over 500 heading into the All-Star break. So if the Marlins can avoid a complete disaster in this stretch, which would be extremely deflating for us as the fans, but I just can't see it personally. I can't see that type of stretch at this point. This team is, is just so unique in its construction, and the way it's winning games often is unique. They sometimes, they find a way. They always seem to find a way. So I'm not looking at this thinking, you know, a bit like maybe what Skip was saying about Andrew Nardi. Some people like to run to the stage and some people like to run away from the stage. The 2023 Marlins, the way I would summarize them, is that they run towards the stage. They want to get on there and they want to perform. This team wants to perform. And the interesting bit too is, and this is really hyped up today, like I've never seen a ticket PR campaign about the Marlins. I don't think ever since I've been following the, the club. But listen, the, the, the club want you there. They want people in the seats this week. They are like pumping it out there galore. Everyone, every beat writer, every outlet, you name it. Um, Carolyn O'Connor, I think, has written to, I don't know, the state of Florida. Asking for people to come down and enjoy. There's no, there's no basketball on. There's no hockey on. There's no NFL on. Nothing's on. Miami is the draw right now. The Marlins are the draw. And they're doing well. They're winning games. And they're a fun team to watch if you like this type of baseball where anything can happen. They're not the type of team that you get in Atlanta where it is just bombs away and they just bludgeon you to death. Um, but this team is fun. And they're winning games. And it's going to be a test for them. There's going to be some good players coming and some good teams coming. Um, and they're going to be facing off against them. So we'll wait to see if this is something that, you know, whether it's productive, whether you do get an uptick in attendance. Um, you know, Craig was out there talking earlier about how, you know, the Gary Sheffield move was a real needle mover from the Marlins' perspective. They went out and got a, a legit stud, an MVP-type caliber candidate, and the bump it had in attendance the point he's calling out right now is that player doesn't really exist right now and or is available on the trade market. Um, I personally think that once you lay a jazz into this team, then he's a draw himself. But, you know, who else is out there that could draw, you know, a huge uptick in, in, in attendance? I'm not sure. I'm not really sure it works that way anymore, to be honest with you. But I don't know. Since I followed the Marlins, they've always had an attendance problem. And there's been tons of excuses, you know, tons of them. 
I don't live in the area, so it's hard for me to, to you know, validate whether they're legitimate excuses or concerns. But what I would say is one of the main concerns and issues has been that this team has been terrible. Well, in 2023, and this homestand against the Blue Jays and the Pirates, this team is not terrible. They are ninth in Major League Baseball's power rankings. Others have them higher. I think Ben Verlander has them at like six. The, this team has been good. They're 10 over 500. You can't use the excuse of, they are rubbish, I'm not going to go. And it isn't a price point thing because the tickets are dirt cheap. They're available, they're cheap, the team's good. The question is, are you going to go? We're going to find out this week. We will find out this week. And I'm intrigued to see whether they can get a tick, an uptick, particularly with all the other sports um, that everyone's been following real closely. Uh, You know, it's funny timing, right? Because... You know, the Marlins were doing great, but obviously the Heat, the Heat and Panthers were battling for championships. But now, finally, those runs are over, um, and unfortunately, not in a good way. Um, but those runs are over. It's now that the time that the Marlins hit the PR campaign, scoop up the eyeballs, scoop it up, and get them to the ballpark. Will it happen? I don't know. I don't know, but I am very, very intrigued. If you are planning to go, let me know. Hit the comments on YouTube. Let me know. Also, if you have the geographical ability to go, like it's tough for me to go, um, but if you have the, you know, you're locally based and you're not going at this point, then let me know why as well. I'd be interested to know. Equally, if you are going to go, if you're going to a game for maybe the first time in a few years because you think, hey, now's the time this team's fun, then let me know that too. I just love the, I want to, I want to get the local pulse on this because it's really hard for me to feel that um, being over here in Leeds in the UK. Um, with that being said, guys, <coughs> let's hope for a really solid, solid start out of Brian Hoeing this evening. Let's just see if the Marlins can set the tone here at home. They have played some really good ball at home this year. They have played really well at Lone Depot. Most people will be worried about the Blue Jays and thinking this could be a real banana skin for them. The Blue Jays are a good club. They're a talented club. And, of course, the Marlins are facing off against, you know, some stud pitchers, which seems to happen every series. So, you know, it's going to be uphill task, but the Marlins find a way to win series. I'm, you know, I'm slightly skeptical about this series in particular. Um, but, you know, we'll see what we can get out of Brian Hoeing. Then you get into game two and game three. And hopefully the ballpark's packed out by this point, too. You know, that would be that would be nice. Um Game two, Kikuchi is going um, and uh, Gorsman going in, in game three. So the Marlins are getting, you know, uh, Barri- Barrios is going in game one. So Barrios, Kikuchi, Gorsman. Again, I've said it prior to the last couple of series. The Marlins always seem to take on the aces every time. It's not They don't get lucky with the way these pitching matchups go. Like the Marlins are having to take on every club's ace and they're prevailing. And Brian Hoeing is going to be asked to stand up and deliver at this point. Let's see if he can do it. Thanks for making Lockdown Marlins your first listen of the day, guys. Of course, I'll be back tomorrow. But, of course, I'll be back tomorrow. We're going to talk about Jazz and his potential rehab uh, assignment that should be upcoming on deck and what his timetable could look like with Jazz. Um, I said it a few weeks back that if this team could be 10 games over 500 and then you drop Jazz in there, what kind of impact can that have? What kind of boost can that have? Tons to get into. Appreciate you for making Lockdown Marlins your first listen of today. Of course, we'll see you tomorrow.